Now, it we're recording on a full moon, so that would explain, you know, all the trials and tribulations I'm going through mm-hmm. on my end. I am actually wearing headphones for those of you on Patreon, and I don't like this look at all. <laughs> Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal x road. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice, go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter, This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. I like recording during the day because, I mean, Patreon, <laughs> only Patreon can see. Uh, I'm recording in front of a window, so the light is on, so it makes my fake tree forest background look more realistic. (laughs) It does. It totally does. Well, and then those little snippets I've been throwing up on the socials, so... Actually, I was talking to my daughter today. She's like, I really like Nick's background on those videos you're posting. (laughs) It took some time, but I finally found it, Um, and here it is, and it's here to stay, I think. And for those Patreon members, Nick is fresh out of the barber chair yep. and rocking some amazing <laughs> hair. I, I, as soon as she like ran the clippers through my hair, she's like, your hair is so soft. My clippers just cut through like butter. And I was like, I, it, it almost felt like a compliment, kind of. But also, I read into it immediately as like, <laughs> am, is my hair just getting really thin? <laughs> I'm getting older. <laughs> well, welcome to the club, <laughs> Mister. You're not even thirty yet, so don't talk. Soon, to me. <laughs> soon, soon, soon. Oh, uh, so what's new in the world of Nick? Uh, is it is Nick short for Nicholas? I've never mm-hmm, asked. It is. I like Nicholas. That's gonna happen more <laughs> often. <laughs> I hate it because I always get no. it when it uh, when I'm in troubles. When I get it. Oh, yeah. gotcha. So nothing new with I you. I mean, seeing that we're recording this on a Saturday, um, ha- there hasn't a lot ha- that's happened in the past few days, I think. Same here. I did some yard work today. Did not find Sasquatch while I was out there. So that was very disappointing. But uh, my hands are shaking because I used um, hedge trimmers. Uh. You know, when you use that electrical stuff, it's like your hands are buzzing for for hours afterwards. So I've got that weird vibration going on that could be 
why I'm having all the technical difficulties today. <laughs> so yeah, nothing new here that I haven't already announced last week. And I feel like I'm talking really loud because I have headphones on. Maybe I should take, oh yeah, I am. Jeez. God, they're like kitsy for fuck's sake. Are you losing your hearing? No, I have noise canceling headphones Yeah, I on. had the, it, it was a Christmas gift a several years ago it was like the bose in the in-ears it was it was before airpods were out and it was the bose in-ears and they mm-hmm. go like all the way in and they're like you know waterproof and all this but they lock in your ears and so I, I, like every time i was talking on the phone with them i felt like i was just screaming because they just lock in your ears and the noise canceled so i'm just like hello yeah, I'm doing good. How about you? But I didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, see, I'm a I'm a loud phone talker as it is, because I, I you know I'm old. I'm losing my hearing. I've got ringing in my ears twenty four seven. It's all those you know eighties hair band concerts from back in the day are really left their mark on my body. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm a phone screamer, and I, that's why I don't talk in in public places on my phone because I'm like yeah. Great, how are you? I feel like it just comes with the times, though. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with getting older or hearing or whatever. I think it's just like we grew up. I mean, even though, you know, I'll be 30 in May, like, I still, there was a time where cell phones were just not a thing. Like, I went through that time. And when they were a thing, even the first iPhone, you you just, you had to talk louder to, to get through to people. Yeah. And so I think it's just kind of, standard that even though like, even when i'm in my car on bluetooth i still am screaming in the car to talk i know oh thank god i'm not no, the only one i think it's standard <laughs> except for like kids who who were born into iphones i think the fact that they have them they just probably like mumble into the phone and know that it'll pick them up but for us yeah <laughs> It's like, I'm talking into a tin can with a string. Uh, I like to blame the ringing in my ears on. I've been doing some research lately on like spirit guides and that kind of stuff. And everything I'm reading is saying that ringing in your ears is telling you that your spirit guides are trying to, guides are trying to give you a message. So apparently my spirit guides are not happy because it's always ringing. <laughs> I, I, I love, I mean, obviously from the last couple episodes that i've done on like superstitions and stuff but i love digging into stuff like that like tinnitus like that ring in your ear and what it means and mm-hmm. it just all of the different like old wives tales and the different just things it could be and it's just always you know it's like oh someone's talking about you your ears are ringing somebody's talking about yep. you if you get the shivers somebody just stepped on your grave do you, you ever see it? No. That how one? does that work if you're not dead? I don't. Well, I I mean, the the universe knows where you're going to be buried. We don't. And um, apparently that plot is there and somebody steps on it. And you're just like, I used to every time I get a shiver, I'd be like, oh, somebody just stepped on my grave. It was just like second nature to say, because that was the thing. I have never heard that. But also, I get shivers all the time. And I want to be put on a boat and lit on fire Viking style. So there's not going to be a grave for me. You can put something in the ground and call it one, but I'm telling you. So that's anytime not somebody happen. swims where you're going to send the boat out is what, why you're getting the shivers. <laughs> what <laughs> are we even talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is what happens when we podcast uh, four days apart. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, guys, I 
bent to say this last week and I didn't, or maybe I did. I don't know. What even is time? That's like the new cliche saying of Oddity Files, the podcast. Oh, yeah, you're listening to Oddity Files, <laughs> the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. <laughs> and you can find all the stuff and all the things at flow.page slash Oddity Files. But you guys are why we're here. Listens are up. And I'm I'm very excited for all these new people that are tuning in and, you know, sending us messages on the Twitter and things like that, saying how much they're enjoying it. So thanks for checking us out. And of course, I'm feeling like this episode is going nowhere fast. So I, I'm sorry if you're feeling that way as well. <laughs> oh, it's just getting started at this point. <laughs> We're just cracking in at eight minutes where it's strap in, folks. Yeah. We're huge in Iceland. Oh, I don't know why. That is, I I mean, listen, if we can get to the point where there's enough listeners in Iceland that we can take a trip out there when the COVIDs are gone, that's it. That's bucket list for me. Is, is I'm going to offend everybody from Iceland right now, but there's Iceland and there's Greenland. Iceland mm-hmm. is green. Greenland is ice. Mm-hmm. Where's the volcano happening? Greenland? Uh thought it was happening in Iceland. Okay. I could be wrong. And the I apologize f- if I am. <laughs> I, see, we both offended them. So the footage coming out, it looks like everybody's safe, which is amazing. But mm-hmm. the footage I've seen of that volcano is just stunning. I want to say a guy stripped down completely naked and like went, I don't know what the stunt was, but he just basically like stripped down, went to see this volcano and like took a selfie video of him just butt ass naked. Uh <sighs> It, it, like by this volcano, chilling. I thought you were going to say he jumped in the lava. I was going to have to pull the dumbass card. I need a button yeah. that says, "Hey, you're a dumbass." <laughs> the, the Darwin Award goes to no. I think I mean it was. I didn't click it again. It's just like one of those in passing uh, Twitter news pieces, and I was like, "Oh, good for him." And then I kept kept scrolling. <laughs> Somebody's bucket list has been fulfilled. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. nothing huge going on here since we recorded last. We have released the new Paranormal Crossroads, and people are digging it. I'm so excited. I've started editing the next episode, so things are rolling right along over there. If you guys want to check out, don't have no clue what I'm talking about, head on over to pxroad.com. Um, we've also announced our... The Basics of Spiritual Energy Workshop that I'm so excited about. I've already come up. I'm hoping we can have a second one because I've already come up with my second thing I want to talk about, hence reading up on spirit guides. I'm obsessed right now. Thanks, TikTok. But um, (laughs) I turn on TikTok and there's like all these like, I'm sure they're 20 something, but they look like they're 13 years old going, here's how to get in touch with your spirit guides. Light a candle and breathe in and breathe out. And and I'm like, girl, your spirit guides haven't even checked in with you yet. You're 13. Come the fuck on. That's what you need. You just need a TikTok where you're doing what the dual split thing the oh, co- yeah. the collab or whatever do like a side thing and just listen to her and then be like you haven't even talked to your spirit guide yet what are you doing your spirit guide is a newborn bitch come yeah. on <laughs> oh my gosh well uh speaking of tiktok because i'm just gonna throw this in 
Okay. Uh, it's not really news or anything, but the I don't know how this has to do with TikTok. Besides, <laughs> great segue. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, the rapper, the rapper Lil Nas X, who is very famous for the song uh, "Old Town Road." Okay, uh, but didn't that have yep. Billy Ray Cyrus or something? Okay, never heard it. Did. Of it, but. it? It did. He has a new song that has come out. I don't really know the name of the song. Uh, I'm trying to look in this article, but basically in the music video, he like goes to hell and then has sex with Satan. So he's, he's collaborated with, uh, a company called mischief and they're dropping 666 pairs of individually number numbered Nike Air Max 97s. The cost is $1,018. And in the, um, like, the sole uh, of the shoe, mm-hmm. there's 60 cc's of red ink and apparently one drop of human blood in these shoes. And it sent the internet ablaze. People are like, this is great marketing, this is whatever. And then people are just like, even if you're an atheist, this is the most terrible thing ever. And this is awful and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, like, taking the world by storm. Uh, overnight so i'm not even sure what to think about it whose blood is it is what i, I don't know. i i mean it says like in quotes like one drop of human blood like it could just be the whole thing the fact that the shoes are a thousand dollars is not unheard of they're limited edition sneakers that have like a pentagram on them and uh it's all just a marketing collaboration yeah. for this music video but uh, the internet is going bananas for it, but it it's felt necessary to share. No, that's awesome. I've never heard of this rapper. I haven't listened to new music in, I mean, at this point, it's been years. <laughs> it all just sounded the same to me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, go- I'm going back to 90s grunge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's plenty of it these days now. You got, you know, bands who are sounding super 90s and all that stuff. It won't be good enough for me. If it's not, you know, um, I can't think of Nirvana can never come back, but I do love me some Foo Fighters, some Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, I'm talking, you know, 1993, the new alternative station coming out. Oh, those were the days. My windows rolled down in my stick shift car, two kids in the back. You know, it was a good time. But I feel like that's part of this game is like how many how many people know who Lil Nas X is who are over the age of like 25 or I yeah 25 I'll stick to that. How many people have heard of him, but how many people will hear of him from this like crazy idea that like we're going to put blood in Nike Air Maxes and make 666 of them and put a pentagram on them and you know shit's crazy. That I feel like that's the game, right? Is like how to get people's attention. That's what we need to do. That's what we need. We need a marketing ploy like that. Hmm. Voodoo dolls? <laughs> 666 voodoo dolls? Um, what else could we do? I don't know. We'll I have to like think on that. The superstition of it all would freak me out. It would have to be something harmless because I would be terrified. If I, <laughs> I'd be like, we shouldn't be making these. This isn't oh, right. I got somebody who can make them. <laughs> Of course you do. She she may or may not be a voodoo priestess, but you know it's Bloomington, oh my Indiana. It's what we got going oh. on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Speaking of amazing people that do 
awesome stuff. Let's go ahead and throw this over to Ms. Fortune Astrology. Jess, what you got going on for this week? Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Ms. Fortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. We have a big weekend coming up that is just jam-packed with major planet energy. On Saturday the 10th, Aries and Aquarius are featured strongly, and we like it because Aries and Aquarius fucking run the sandbox together. First up, Mercury in Aries will form a sextile to Saturn in Aquarius, and then Venus in Aries forms a sextile to Jupiter in Aquarius. These two sextiles go down at 12 degrees and 25 degrees respectively. Mercury and Venus are two of our three personal planets. Their energy speaks to issues we deal with on the daily. For Mercury, it's thinking, communicating, and getting from point A to point B. With Venus, it's how we love, how we relate, and what we value. In Aries, both of these planets are starting a brand new cycle. It's time to talk about what you want, yes, but the feelings and ideas are still new. We're feeling it all out. Whatever is percolating here has serious staying power, though, because Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius can see the future, and they are fully supportive. These two titans are providing luck, structure, and tremendously harmonious balance to whatever is kicking off in the Aries sector of your natal chart. Saturday is an energetically stellar day, so do not waste it. Sunday will bring some mixed energy, as Venus immediately moves on to square Pluto from 26 degrees of Aries to Capricorn. This aspect brings intrigue, suspicion, and, if you aren't careful, a heaping dose of obsession. The temptation here may be to smother what's just starting to bloom in Aries, so do be mindful. Jupiter will be giving Venus a nice boost on Saturday. This isn't too good to be true. So don't squander a beautiful opportunity with your Pluto-induced paranoia. Just go with the flow and resist the urge to stalk or self-sabotage. People who go looking for trouble under these stars will always, always find it. This Venus-Pluto square provides an energetic backdrop to the Aries new moon, which also perfects on Sunday. Once again, the stars confirm that there is a new beginning taking place, and it's chock full of potential. Aries energy is so fertile now. Really take some time to set your intentions with this new moon, because you can birth something big, beautiful, and bold, so long as you stay out of your own way. On Wednesday the 14th, our darling Venus changes signs. She moves from Aries, where she is weak and generally out of place, into Taurus, where she is the fucking queen of all queens. Venus rules Taurus. This is straight up Cleopatra sitting on a throne, being fanned and fed grapes by huge, gorgeous men type energy. Sensual as fuck. Decadent even. Venus in Taurus is subjective. She attracts what she wants by having rock-solid value systems in place. This bitch knows what she deserves, and she never settles for less. So she always gets what she wants, because there's no other way to be when you're Venus in Taurus. This will be lovely transit for everyone, and it lasts until May 8th. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. <laughs> oh, Jess, thank you for that. You're amazing. We love you. Um, I've got some paranormal in the news. Not nearly as cool as Nick's news today about the tennis <laughs> shoes with the human blood. But 
This comes to us from coasttocoastam.com. The headline is UFO Sightings Sends Man to the Hospital. This was posted March 24th of this year. It's 2021 in case you're, you know, really late to the game and playing catch up and you're just getting to this in 2024. I'm here to tell you, hurry the fuck up. So catch up. Um, This story says a man in Zimbabwe wound up needing medical attention following a UFO sighting, which was so unsettling that he actually fell from his motorcycle in fright. The weird incident reportedly occurred last Friday evening in the town of, oh, shit. Chipinge, C-H-I-P-I-N-G-E. It sounds really good. As Richmond Mayambo was en route to his home at around 9 o'clock in the evening. The journey took a strange turn when he noticed an inexplicable object in the sky that he likened to a rocket with a fire on its back. Despite doing his best to ignore the oddity and simply focus on getting home safely, the UFO suddenly emitted a deafening sound that shook Mayambo to such a degree that he was sent careening off his motorcycle to the ground in a panic, in the process, badly injuring his leg. Looking back on the encounter, the man indicated that in the moment, he was certain that he was about to die. Of course, Mayambo survived the strange sighting and is currently recovering from the fall in the hospital. That's kind of mind-blowing because the big thing about UFOs when people see them is there was no sound. Right. So that's interesting. Uh, it is, and it brings us back to the point where that we've talked about. I feel like I feel like we've talked about it a lot. But who who's writing these stories? Are you not thinking? I'm going to make the effort to write this story. How much more compelling would the story be if I checked the surrounding area to see if it was just him that heard the sound? Yeah. Is there someone else in the area that might have heard this sound? Do you want to do the extra legwork to do it? And I get that, like. Newspapers and magazine companies and all this stuff are probably telling their journalists to not dig any deeper because aliens so aren't sad. real or whatever. Yeah. But just if you're going to let them write the story and just let them go the extra mile and at least figure out what this whole situation is. Because if it's an isolated incident, it leaves more questions than answers for the people who are going to read the story like you right. and I and our listeners. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was know. having a whole conversation with Carter the other day about how, you know, news cable stations and newspapers used to actually be have to be held accountable for the information they put out there. And he's like, what? I'm, I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's it's crazy because over time, I think if you look back at like Roswell and even you look back at big serial killer cases like the Zodiac killer, which obviously was never caught, but that whole thing was turned into as big as an, as of an investigation because the, was the San Francisco times or, or I can't remember off the top of my head, the newspaper company, but they went all in on investigating oh, yeah. this thing. So, you know, if you're not going to have a team who's going to look into it, what's the other the first line of defense journalism and i feel like people just aren't looking into things anymore because it's like ah oh, this is weird and probably false so we're just going to tell the story that he told us not try to corroborate it not try to give any more details just say this is his account this is why he's in the hospital it's weird put it out yeah move on yeah. it's whatever's going to get them ratings or 
advertisers or things like that. It's it. I mean, if you want to hear good reporting on anything true crime, you find a podcast on that true crime because the podcasters are doing more real journalism than the actual <laughs> news outlets. Yeah. If I had the time and the energy and the stamina to dig in deep to like some of these stories that we get on the podcast, whether it be from listeners, whether it be news articles that were paranormal in the news that we're talking about, if I had the time and the energy to like just give it a little bit more, I would absolutely do it yeah. in a minute and try to figure it out and take it seriously. And that's where like there's a part of me that's like, is there ever room in the world for some form of paranormal cryptid journalist who is actually going to take this stuff seriously and put it out that's not like the National Enquirer or whatever where they're right. obviously saying really weird, stupid stuff. <laughs> but someone who genuinely takes it seriously and it is a respected publication of journalists who are doing the work to get to the bottom of it and finding out, is this person just telling stories? Is it not? Because I feel like even if they found out that people were lying a lot and telling these fictional stories, if we could bust them open, then we could actually focus on the stories that are true. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, every time, every time we talk about anything like this. When did we become 90-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> Get off my I wish lawn. it was like the I wish it was like the old days of people <laughs> where there was journalistic integrity. Speaking of, you know, no journalism, journalistic integrity. Who tells stories? Uh, who tells the first story this week? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like we should know because it was four I days know. ago. Oh, um, for fuck's sake. I should have looked into this. Googling. I always, go, I always search for oddity files, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> it was the sweater curse episode. And I feel... So the episode that just dropped... <laughs> I went first, which means last time you went first, which means it's my turn to go first again, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't think no one's going to be upset. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this this is kind of, I've been obsessed with this story for a couple weeks now, and I'm just going to dive right into it. Recently, I was able to investigate one of my local bucket list locations. We were contacted by an employee of the Athenaeum right here in Indianapolis. And the employee was so freaked out by the spirits haunting this location that he hates to be there by himself after dark, which I get it. I mean, I've been through that in my life. You know, when I first started sensing that spirits were around, I'd Chris would laugh at me. Because, you know, I'd, I'd get the, the chill, and then I'd run up the stairs going, <laughs> still yep. do it sometimes. But we investigated several hot spots within the theater and backstage. But in our final investigation of the night, I was blown away by the tale of the spirit who said to haunt the grandma's attic above the stage. With KJ and I about to investigate the place with the public this weekend, I thought it very fitting to tell you the story of Dr. Helene Kanabe, spelled K-A-N-B-E, who was a superwoman of her time and was taken away from the far world far too soon. And that story goes a little something like this. How did one of Indiana's pioneer investigators into STDs and rabies come to a gory end? 
The mystery of Dr. Helen Kanabe's death remains one of the great cold cases in Indianapolis's murder history. So too are the whereabouts of her spirit in the afterlife. Did she really become a ghost lingering around the Athenaeum, or as it was called in her days, Das Deutschhaus? Dr. Kamak, oh. words are really fucking hard today, Nick. <clears throat> well, they're hard words. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting here saying that stuff, and there's a difference. I got this. <laughs> okay. Dr. Kanabe immigrated to America from Prussia in 1896. For several years, she worked in domestic labor to learn English and to save enough money to enroll into medical school. In 1900, Kanabe was accepted to the Medical School College of Indiana. Her decision to immigrate to more or less landlocked Indiana is surprising. Women, she claimed, were not allowed into the professional practice of medicine in Germany at all. So I guess Prussia was part of Germany, and now it's some other country name. And if you're listening there, and I don't know the name, I'm so sorry. Maybe I get to it in the story. I've written this a little while ago. And at the time, Midwestern cities like Cincinnati, Louisville, and Milwaukee were some of the largest German-speaking communities in the world. And... Hel- it's it's spelled Helene, but I'm assuming it's Helen. Dr. Kanabe <laughs> already had relatives <laughs> living in Indy. Her cousin, Augusta Kanabe, had emigrated here in 1884. So Dr. Kanabe graduated on April 27th. Nope. April 22nd, 1904. She was one of two female graduates that year. She continued working as a lab curator and clinical professor at the college. And in 1905, she became the first woman in Indiana to be appointed assistant deputy state health officer. She didn't even have the right to vote at that point. Jeez. Insane. She also became a leading expert on rabies prevention She was later promoted to acting superintendent, but resigned when the State Board of Health refused to offer her pay equal to her male counterparts. Good for her. That's a huge step back then. What year was this? 1904, 1905, very early 1900s. Unbelievable. What a freaking icon. Yes, absolutely. And right here in Indiana, I, I had never heard of her until I met her ghost. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, just a few things she had a hand in the advancement of were spinal anesthesia, typhoid fever, and bacteriology, rapid diagnosis of rabies, Dr. Kanabe's fierce advocacy of muzzling all dogs in Indiana for two years in order to totally wipe out rabies is thought has thought to have earned her enemies. But she pretty much put rabies to an end in the inner city of Indianapolis because she had done so much research on rabies. Um, She also the prevention, diagnosis, and cure of sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, it's this is an amazing life for a woman in the early 1900s, or 
even now. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, yeah. 100%. After resigning, Dr. Kanabe opened a private practice and became the medical director and associate professor of physiology and hygiene at the Normal College of the National American Gymnastics Union. That's a mouthful. Through her association with Dr. William B. Craig, he was the dean of students at the Indiana Veterinary College. Dr. Kanabe was appointed chair of hematology and parasitology. At, I don't know. I, parasites, probably, in 1909. So let's get to the juicy stuff, shall we? She's amazing. I mean, I couldn't even do all of this stuff in this day and age. It's just a lot, let alone doing it while using my second language, (laughs) you know? Yep. So there were rumors of a romance between Dr. Craig and Dr. Kanabe with some suggestions at an engagement that may have been called off in the days before Dr. Kanabe's murder. Dun, dun, dun. She had confided her engagement to a friend, and sales records show that she had recently commissioned a fancy gown before the murder. But on the night of October 24th, 1911, Dr. Kanabe went home to her apartment at the Delaware Flats at the corner of Delaware and Michigan Streets in Indianapolis. Sometime in the middle of the night, neighbor Jefferson Haynes told police he heard three screams, then footsteps but he decided not to investigate. The horrible discovery of what happened that night came when Catherine McPherson, Dr. Kanabe's office assistant, came in the morning. Going into the bedroom, McPherson found her colleague lying in a blood-soaked mattress, her throat cut from ear to ear, a wound known known to butchers as the sheep neck. So I guess that's how they would kill sheep back in the day. It's a terrible way to die. Um, It was reported supposedly indictive of the work of a surgeon or a veterinarian since the cut was meant to minimize the escape of blood. Helen Kanabe was just 35 years old. In addition to her fatal neck wound, she had been bruised on her thigh, suggesting that she struggled Amazingly, while the coroner declared the cause of death to be murder, many police detectives held to the theory that she'd cut her own neck. Okay, come on, motherfuckers. I don't think so. Yeah. Mm -mm. It was like ear to ear. No way. I mean, this story has all the twists and the turns. The fact that no knife could be found wasn't an obstacle. McPherson and family members waited over an hour before they called police. Many people had come in and out of the room. I mean, but who's going to steal the knife? Really? Right. Zach Baggins has it now if somebody stole that knife. Does he? Or are you just saying that he would if he did? He would if they did. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. (laughs) I went went from zero to 100 real quick. The look on your face was priceless. Um, Rumors flew. This woman was known for living and thinking outside of the box. Might I add, this was even before they had to write to even vote, which I said earlier. And our dear Helene or Helen or... You know, Dr. Kanabe wasn't afraid to step on a few toes in order to get the facts 
for science. Newspapers were quick to sensationalize the murder, and she was subjected to attacks on her character. But in the end, little evidence and the fact that the two had an argument the night before the murder at the Athenaeum led to the indictment of Dr. William B. Craig, Dean of Indiana Veterinary College. But sadly, due to the times and the lack of actual police evidence, he was acquitted of the crime. So this case is still cold. It's unsolved. We'll likely never know who killed Dr. Kanabe. Her case file was destroyed in a flood at the Indianapolis Marion County Police Department in 1977. So there's no evidence left. There's no paperwork left. It's just all gone. And there's little chance that her case will ever ever be reopened. It's said that Dr. Kanabe is said to haunt both the Athenaeum and the place of her murder, which is now a Salvation Army Barton Center. I believe she absolutely haunts the Athenaeum. And I won't really dive into the evidence we collected because it'll be in episode four of Paranormal Crossroad, which is at paranormalxroad.com, which will be released April 30th. That's part one. Um, she'll be buried, she was buried in an unmarked grave. After all of that, they just buried her in an unmarked grave in the Crown Hill Cemetery in Indy. But in 2016, Nicole R. Kabrowski, who also became obsessed with this story the same way I did by investigating the Athenaeum, wrote a book about the life and death of this amazing, fuck, amazing woman. And with the proceeds of her book, she purchased a gravestone for the no longer unmarked grave of this amazing woman. And actually, the woman who wrote this book is going to be at the public investigation at the Athenaeum this weekend. So I am really looking forward oh, to shit. meeting her. Yeah. Uh, the, my wingmen for this were orangebeanindiana.com and historicindiana.com. What an incredibly frustrating story. And you have like this group of people. And group's not even the right word for it. But you have a probably a large amount of people in the early 1900s who are in the medical field. She is a very successful... Like, Dr. Knobby is very successful in her practice. And even though she stepped on toes, you can't tell me that one person in her circle wasn't like, let me step in and, and try to do some form of forensic work. Yeah. How, photos how did that, something you know i anything else yeah like anything else and that's like the thing is the early 1900s were were a fucked up time for a lot of people but it was a very fucked up time for women yes and there's a large part of me that sees this story and i kind of think someone had a deal with local law enforcement in the 1900s someone was a successful doctor or veterinarian they had the hush money to yep. work with police, which that was a thing that happened in the 1900s where police would take money oh, yeah. from the elite, essentially, of what was what we call people now. And they'd just be able to just get off, just yeah. get away. Make it go away. I mean, that's a large part of what the Prohibition era was, is that the people, like how to 
kind of smuggle things around was to basically buy off the cops. And that was, it was always a thing. Yeah. So it's, an, it's so infuriating because it's like, yeah, we know that like, like men were awful and still are to this day. But the problem is, is that no one in her circle even right. tried to tamper, even tried to, and, and I don't know, you know, what those sides look like, but nothing. Yeah. And there's more to the story as well. With her looking into, you know, STDs and things like that, she brought to light that a lot of men were cheating on their wives. And those men were not happy that, you know, the word was getting out about how you get STDs and things like that, what STDs actually are. So, yeah, to say she stepped on a few toes is an understatement. But good for fucking her. Yeah, she made an impact, but it's like, thankfully, this author who's going to be at your investigation, which is incredible, thankfully for someone like her to, like, make her impact seen and not let it just die in history with her. Right. Like, that's amazing, and I hope that we do talk about her, because the fact that she did so much um, and then just get wiped away as if it was all part of the plan. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like there's the risk that she has a legacy to leave behind. That if she's if she's murdered, and it's and it is viewed as murder and not a suicide case. Oh, they tried to a put legacy. it off as suicide. A lot of. I them wonder did. why. Yeah. I wonder why. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I will say little teaser for part two of the Athenaeum episode. Uh, Spirit medium Tiffany Rice spoke to Doctor Kanabe during her reading. Covered in goosebumps just thinking about it. So, yeah, I, to say I'm obsessed with this woman and the things she do, did and the things she went through is an understatement. But I'm not the only one, apparently. So, um, she, I, I just felt like the world needed to know a little bit more about this woman. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I hope that I hope that. That the book the author wrote, I hope that all that, that her story continues to echo because that is very interesting from all angles as far as what she was able to accomplish and as far as how her death was mistreated mm-hmm. uh, incredibly. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, people see that for what it is as well. I mean, as if they need more evidence to know that, you know, the early 1900s were kind of an unpleasant time yeah i i I just don't understand how she ended up in an unmarked grave i can't find any information on that i I, granted i didn't dig super deep i listened to a couple podcasts and i and i did research on those two websites but i am gonna uh buy nicole's book and dig into that a little deeper hopefully get her to autograph it at some point (laughs) heck yeah i wonder if it was financial Uh, um that's the thing. Like, I, I want to know who, what I'd want to know the most is like, who was she surrounded by? What was her family situation? What was who, you know, who were in her inner circle of friends? Were, was it more medical professionals? But I mean, maybe the unmarked thing could have been a financial dry up. And at that time, I mean, just couldn't afford it potentially because of funds being depleted for God knows what. I mean, she was done dirty. Yeah. A, for mu- sure. a multitude of times. So. Uh, the name of the book is She Sleeps Well, 
The Extraordinary Life and Murder of Dr. Helene Elise Hermine Kanabe by Nicole R. Kobrowski, K-O-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. So yeah, check it out if you get a chance. I am absolutely going to do so. Yeah, I also am going to be checking it out. It's very, very fascinating. Very frustrating, but very fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so super excited. Full Moon just cut off my recording, so I'm going to stop blabbing about how excited I am about discovering this woman. And we'll throw it over to some commercial advertisements, and then Nick will come back with his story. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you, because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble Dot com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Do you need to get in touch with your spiritual energy? Well, join us for a virtual workshop, The Basics of Spiritual Energy, Tapping in to Your Own Intuition. Join media personality and energy healer KJ paranormal researcher, well, me, Kitsy Duncan, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice, for this special evening. The workshop will include your energy, your chakras, with KJ, tools for the spirit connection with, well, me, Kitsy, introduction to your intuition with Tiffany. It all goes down April 22nd, 2021, from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. This workshop will definitely be just what you needed. Sign up for tickets now, pxroad.com. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But We're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. 
I'm Jackie Pretzman, and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash shutter, and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, We've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost-effective there, and this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Looking for something a little scarier and creepier to listen to during your podcast binges? Well, check out Get Scared Podcast. Every episode, I read stories by independent horror authors that are meant to get you scared. Yeah, I can be creepy. So so head on over to your favorite podcast app. Search for Get Scared Podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Let's get scared. Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner, and sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. Mr. Nick, what you got going on this week? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I couldn't wait. I, I decided to skip out last week, but I'm back with another uh, uh, true or untrue story from the Reddits. This Score. one, this one is very good. It's it's funny. It, the the game of Reddit is like 
digging through and then finding what people are talking about, like vaguely. So they'll drop, you know, a sentence being like, oh, the story of X, Y, and Z is the one that scared me the most. Um, You know, where is that author? Like, how are they doing now? And then it's like searching those terms to find that story. And so I didn't find the story I was looking for, but I did find one uh, that appears to be true that was pretty terrifying. Uh, So (laughs) I figured, what the hell? And it's just starting to rain over here. So I don't know if anybody who's listening can hear it. Um, but it adds a little extra ambiance. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so too. Um, so the, the the title of this story this comes from uh, Reddit user Spooky Warlock. The story is six years old, and the title is Canadian Horror Story. Ooh, very very interesting. This is a first hand account, by the way, so it's all first person. Let me start by saying Canada has a lot of land that is free for people to camp on for a while before needing to move to another area. It's called Crown Land, and it is generally a fun way to camp during the summer. So me and two good friends of mine, who are being referred to as J and A, decided to bring our kayaks out to a small island for the night. The island even had a public barbecue on it, but we were sticking with the fire pit for roasting hot dogs, etc. Very good detail, I think. I think so too. And I, I'm saying that the not putting names in lends to the credibility. I I could be wrong. Picked it up immediately. I was like, yes, this is the story I need. Uh, bringing an extra propane tank over in a kayak would be a nightmare anyways. It took us most the afternoon for the three of us to get across the lake and get back onto dry land. And the sun was already setting by the time we dragged our kayaks onto the island and got cozy near the campfire. We set up our tent before it got too dark and started the fire for dinner. We noticed some more fires through the trees on shore, which is fairly common considering the million cottages and summer homes along the side of the lake. A was annoying as usual and kept going on about the other fires after it got dark, joking about forest fires, etc. Me and Jay shrugged off his lame jokes and tried to enjoy the crisp air and beautiful stars since this was his first time on an overnight kayaking trip and I wanted it to be nice for him. That's very sweet. Oh, yeah. A says something along the lines of, is that person watching us while pointing to a fire along the swampy shore? Our island wasn't very far from a swampy forest even a very weak swimmer could reach. I scoffed at him and realized it wasn't he wasn't just joking around in nearly the same instant because when I turned to look, I had seen it too. It was clearly a human silhouette watching us from the lakeside with a fire burning from some sort of torch or stick. Hmm. <laughs> I'm concerned for J and A and the entire party. <laughs> Same. The person didn't budge an inch even after we waved and called out to them, which was very unnerving. I tried rationalizing it as an as a grumpy old local who wasn't happy to have us partying near his cottage since we have a million of those on our lake. This fucking person stood there for hours as we drank and smoked and joked without even sitting down to rest. Jay isn't afraid to get confrontational and was the first to shout something nasty at the figure. Always a good idea, by the way. Yeah. No. <laughs> The fire goes out, and for a few minutes, everything seems normal. 
I had almost forgotten about the figure when a loud metal crash came from the direction of where the figure was. The sound was very much like some sort of animal trap slash cage being rattled and was followed by several splashes in the water. Nope, I'm out. Everybody is obviously nervous now, so I pretend to be calm in an attempt to maintain my woodsman persona. I get three big sticks from the woodpile for each of us to hold if anything happens. I also always have a small Swiss Army knife in my pocket as a last resort. If that's your last resort, like, come on, you're pretty screwed. <laughs> yeah, they are fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's over uh, at this point. Jay wasn't content with just a stick and grab some rocks from nearby to throw at anything that comes near us. That's probably a much better idea. (laughs) I was the first to notice them hiding amongst the trees just beyond the light of our fire. It started started as rustling leaves and strange snorting noises and chattering, but I turned my head fast enough to see one watching me with its horrible and eyeless face from a tree branch. It was about the size of a rabbit or raccoon and shaped identical to an otter with an eyeless oval head and a wrinkled nose like a bat or a pig. I'll never forget all the snarling teeth and the eyeless stare it showed me before darting down the tree and into the darkness. I had never seen anything like it in my entire life and it made my heart twitch. It had no eyes, but was clearly aware of our presence. The fuck is I lied to J&A about what I'd seen. I told them my own shadow scared me and I was just seeing things. They told me the same thing and we all decided it was time to pack up early and get home <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> despite and how, noped their way out. Yep. Despite how dangerous it is to kayak at night. We forgot a lot of things in our anxious rush to get the hell off that island and we were surrounded by strange chattering noises the entire time we packed our stuff away into our kayaks. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It only got worse during the ride home. Whatever I seen followed us and splashed behind us in the water, even scratching the bottom of my kayak several times until we were several miles away and the sun had started to rise. Our fear-fueled adrenaline wore off once we actually got back on the mainland and we struggled to carry our kayaks home. Small town, so the uh, marina slash boat launch I use is very close, thankfully. Very close. Sorry, there's no commas, periods, there's nothing in this story. That's the worst. So I'm trying to read it as is. Uh, Impressive. Thanks. (laughs) It wasn't until after we all got a good sleep that we finally talked about what each of us had seen. Both of them described seeing those slender creatures and hearing the strange chattering noises. A even claimed to see the shadowy figure several more times during the night after it disappeared, but never said anything at the time. Jay has not went camping ever since, and it's it's been a few years. I'm haunted by the event and rarely go outside at night now. Not because I think I know what is out there, but because what I had seen is entirely unknown to me. Uh Uh-uh. No eyes? Are you kidding me? That's terrifying. Uh, what is it? <laughs> I, I don't even know what it could be close to. It's, it's the multiple factor piece of the story. It's like there was the figure standing clearly with a torch who, mm-hmm. and then like the cage, like he let them out. 
Like he let them out. Exactly. Sick them, boys. Yep. So lots of interesting here. And uh, how did he get them back in? They swim. They're aquatic creatures, Sorry. apparently. Scratching on the bottom of the kayak in the water. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So this story, again, is six years old. There are five comments on this story. That's it? That is it. There's just nothing more to it. So no one's trying to guess what it is. Someone guessed that it was Bigfoot, but I, very clearly not. No. Um, but yeah, just the idea. I think of all the stories that we've told since I've been a part of this podcast. The the idea of someone <laughs> releasing unknown creatures to like sick these children is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because people are the scary part. <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100%. Like, this is straight up what? nightmare fuel. Uh, what are they? I I can't even fathom. Are they, like, ferrets? That's what I'm picturing. More of, like, a, f- a skinny little ferret thing with no... <gasps> ah! And they're, they're smallish, so... I don't know. I am. That is some nightmare fuel mm-hmm. right there, Mister Nick Floyd. Yep. Yeah. It's uh. There, yeah. It's it's. Just, I have no explanation at all. Like, sure, the story could be fake. Whatever. But if it's true, zero explanation. No. Not. Not one. Whatsoever. That was so good, though. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> For giving me nightmares. I do have a a listener story. Hit it. And the subject is Baby's First Cryptid. So I figured it kind of goes with what you're talking about over there. Ah. says, hey, Kitsy and Nick, it's Evan again. First off, I can't thank you enough for the kind words about my previous stories and my writing. It was a bit of encouragement I very much needed. I wasn't planning on submitting more stories as I didn't want to hog the spotlight but you keep mentioning that you're running low, so I'll pick up the slack. Sweet. <laughs> and he says, come on, people. Some of you have seen some crazy shit, and I want to hear about it. <laughs> Tell me everything. Yes. This story is one of my earliest memories and possibly the cause of my obsession with cryptids and creatures. I don't think I was much more than five years old when I and some neighborhood kids were in my backyard playing on the wooden swing set and slide my parents had put up to keep us out of the house on bright and sunny days <laughs> like this particular one while everyone was well uh, uh, while everyone else was running around like the sugar filled monsters children are i decided to climb the platform at the top of the slide when i go up there i stood up just long enough to realize that it was significantly warmer there than anywhere else in the yard That didn't make sense because the slide wasn't made of metal and was in the shade of the giant tree that still takes up half of the yard. When I noticed that it wasn't shady underneath the tree, that's when I decided to look up to confirm that the tree was in fact still there. I didn't see the tree, the sky, or anything other than a white light that seemed to have a moving golden center. After a few seconds, my eyes adjusted and the golden center revealed itself to be a metallic orange gold bird with long rectangular wings that barely move as it hovered over me. 
Eagles, hawks, and vultures are common around my parents' house, and as a kid, I used to spend hours just watching them fly and circle the open fields surrounding the neighborhood. This wasn't like those birds. Normal birds don't have wingspans that form a perfect rectangle, and they don't produce heat so hot that I had to back away from it. I felt like it was cooking me just by being that close. I took a few steps back, but whoops, forgot I was on top of the slide. Instead of the traditional method of descent, I fell straight off the side into the dirt, apparently hitting the ground hard enough to cause some other kids to go get the adults inside the house. After making sure I wasn't in need of medical attention, I asked my parents and everyone else if they saw the bird. None of them knew what I was talking about. The adults dismissed it as my imagination, and the other kids didn't help. They pointed out that my description of a giant bird matched a few cartoons at the time, particularly the characters from Pokemon and Digimon. In my defense to a panicking kid in the early 2000s, those are basically your only points of reference for flying monsters with magical heat ray powers. It didn't exactly have a broad vocabulary and a wealth of worldly experience to draw on when I was still trying to figure out how the hell they didn't even see it. I've never found any accounts or legends that quite match what I saw, but illustrations of the Thunderbird from Native American folklore come close, close. That's what I was thinking was the Thunderbird. The colors are off, but some of them have the perfect rectangle wings I clearly remember. That shape is what scares me the most. A friend was jokingly suggesting that it was a UFO, and I just imagined it. But that doesn't exactly ease my concern any. As he so eloquently put it when I told him this story, I was about to be eaten or probed and nobody even noticed. How rude. Thanks again for keeping me entertained while I work my boring job and giving me a little push to try writing again. I've tried and tried to write something for Get Scared, but it is definitely a struggle. Any suggestions on alcoholic beverages that help the process? Evan. Listen. I love it. Uh, (laughs) I can tell you what helps the process, but depending on what state you're in, it might be condoning illegal behavior. (laughs) (laughs) just saying um just saying it's very interesting that i've never heard anyone tell a story like that before and no i when i was very little um we had a very big backyard and we had like a swing set that Swings on it, slide. My, my memory is very cloudy, but we had it was. I mean, it was just a massive backyard. We did have you know, typical swing set with. A, I believe there was a slide. I'm not 100. And I remember being out one one afternoon. I was out in the backyard by myself, and I was just swinging, 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 swinging. And I like something caught my attention in the up like up and towards the sky, and it was like bright. And I remember looking up, and I was just kind of like looking and swinging and looking and swinging and. I guess I had looked back too far, maybe, and I flipped out of the swing and fell oh. onto the ground, and everything went black for a second. And then that was it. I just kind of like stumbled inside. I, I probably was crying and told my mom I fell off the swing because I saw like yeah. something. I feel like I wanted to say I said it was like a flying squirrel that caught my attention. At the okay. time, I was very young, but the way that 
Evan was describing this experience is very like it, it kind of took me back to that place where like everything is still cloudy because I was so young. I don't remember, but I've never heard anyone tell a story about that kind of experience where you're just sort of you're like a kid and you're just hanging out and then all of a sudden something catches your attention that like is there but maybe yeah. isn't there at the same time and yeah. him I mean even to the point where he like he fell backward like I don't know it, it was it's kind of like a of a, a surreal story I think to hear because I've just sort of like let that slide in my childhood past. I'm like, oh, it happened, you know, and everything that I remember yeah. as a kid is sort of accentuated. Uh, there's like a little bit more to it now because of how I see it, but I remember it as from the perspective of a child. Right. So right. I don't know. It, it, I don't know if, if my story has anything to do with Evan's story, but I do find it very interesting that like hearing that story sort of took me back to that yeah. moment. And I mean, you know, maybe he didn't see a Thunderbird, but maybe there's something else there that there could be a thread to be connected with other kids or people who have had a similar experience. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. I mean, what are the chances that the somebody else would have such a similar experience to you? Wow. It's yeah, that's the part that I'm getting caught up on. It's not what we saw that causes it. It's the right. fact that like the settings are I mean, obviously like I was alone, but like we were both kids. We both were on this sort of like playground. We were both he was on uh, I was on swings, he was on a slide, and it's like something caught his attention, looked up, kinda got lost in it, and then fell backwards. It's, I don't know. It's like the crazy uh, total total coincidence i mean i'm not going to get super crazy with it but it's just very interesting and i appreciate i think you both need some hypnotherapy i think to so get too. details on what you guys saw yep but on that note we're we're right at an hour so i'm going to call it guys thanks again for listening thanks again for telling your friends we appreciate you more than you'll ever know i'm kitsy duncan weird is the new cool i'm nick floyd ghost on you're definitely getting hypnotherapy for sure super weird <laughs> super weird super I weird oddity files is part of the just what i needed network we hope we're just what you needed the podcast is brought to you by the oddity files tv show have you heard of it have you watched it head on over to amazon prime video and check out oddity files a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Lock, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store, can't get enough of oddity files wear us on your body tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files please support our partners every little bit helps rate review and subscribe especially on apple podcasts it's what helps us get the word out there and you know we can always use a new weirdo or two come hang out with us 
on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay. Go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.